Hi, I'm Grant Dufresne, and welcome to Dufresne Ministries podcast channel. We believe that as you listen to this message, your faith will be stirred and you will be encouraged in whatever you are believing God for today. Stay tuned at the end of this message to find out more information about our ministry. Praise the Lord. Well, if you weren't here last night, you'll have to get that service CD or how, I don't know, do y'all have it on CD? Is, is that the way y'all do it? Okay. So you need to get hold of it because there's so much that God has for us. And uh, we don't have time to go back and repeat and restate some things, but we need to know what was previously said as we move ahead in what he's got for us in these services. We've been, um, again, we started last night with uh, what God said to Brother Norville Hayes. And there's a phrase that for the past several days of what God said to him that has been standing out to me. And this afternoon it was uh, standing up. Yeah. You know what I mean by that. Yes. I mean, it just, yes. it just is large in you. Yeah. And uh, I want to, again, read. Uh, we want you to get it in you. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Amen. What God said to Brother Norval. And he said this, my children basically love me. Well, I want to go beyond basic love. (laughs) I want to show him specifically, not just in a general sense. I I want him to show up in the specifics of my life. So I want to address him specifically, not just generally. But he said, my children basically love me, but they live in poverty and sickness and defeat. Now, isn't that sad for a father to, to... see in his children's life. No father wants to say who has total provision and who has made uh, success and victory uh, available to all of his children. No father wants to say, well, my children are not succeeding to the level I've offered to them. But that's what he's saying here. And he said, my children basically love me, but they live in poverty and sickness and defeat. They don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough, or as we talked about a little bit last night, they don't worship me long enough for the anointing to come into manifestation and break the yoke of what's opposing them. And then he said to Brother Norville, you're teaching faith and confession. You're praying for the sick, but you need to worship me more and... You need to teach my people to worship me more. So we talked about that last night, that we have to be taught to worship at a time when uh, worry is offered. We have to know what's the right choice in the face of fear. It's not fear itself, it's worship. And uh, we have to be taught that there's a different flow than the flow that we've uh, maybe been accustomed to. So he said, um, you need to teach my people to worship me more. I'm their God and they're my children. Meaning this, he's saying, I'm yours. All that's mine is yours. So evidently there's something about worship that helps us enjoy the exchange from a father to a child. He has father's care for us. Because we're his children. So evidently he's saying, teach my children to worship me more. 
I'm their father. They're my children. In other words, as, as a father to my children, I have something and, and, and worship is, is an access to what I have for them. Then the last phrase is the one that has been standing out to me the last several days. If you'll teach my children to worship me more, I, I will do great and mighty things for them. This phrase, if you'll teach my children to worship me more, I will do. Notice this, worship gets him doing. You understand, worship provokes a response out of God. If you teach my children to worship me more, I will do. So our worship invites his movement. Let's not leave him uninvited. You've heard me talk about the staff member who has parties and never invites me. I tell off on them. I've even told it in our church and they still don't invite me. They still don't. Still don't. No, they don't. That's fine. That's fine. I'll just preach about you. Am I offended? No, I'm not offended. But why, why does the whole staff go and I didn't even know about it? And they said, well, pastor, I just, I know you're busy and I don't want you to feel obligated. So I said, so you decided for me. When, when we worship, we invite God. We invite him. We invite him. If we don't worship, he receives no invitation. And then wonder why he doesn't show up. Worship is the invitation. Why is worship the invitation? Because it's an act of faith. Worship, we talked about that last night. Remember, worship is an act of faith. And so when we worship, our faith goes into action and he responds to faith. Amen. So send forth the invitation. When you're faced with a difficulty, you need to invite something more than you to the, to the situation. Because uh, if you were the help to the situation, the situation never would have come and roosted with you. Right? The opposition. If you were the answer for that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but if you'll teach my children to worship me more, I will do. What will he do? Great and mighty things for them. Amen. Think of it. You go, well, is that really scriptural? Well, the word says that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro through the whole earth looking for someone to show himself strong on the behalf of. Someone he can do exploits for. That's what he's saying to Brother Norval. It's the exact same invitation. So he's looking for somebody. What causes him to stop and not pass you by? Faith. Worship is a releasing of faith. Yes. When he hears worship, he sees, ah, I can stop there and manifest. Yes. Why? Because it's faith that is, that is moving them to worship. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
So uh, look at this. If you'll teach my children to worship me more, I will do great and mighty things for them. What we worship him as is what he will be. Oh, that's good. Amen. If we worship him as provider, he will be provider. If we worship him as our victory, he will, he will, he will be victory to us in the situations we're facing. If we worship him as our wisdom, he will be wisdom to us. Whatever we worship him as, that's what he will be to us. Amen. Why? Because remember what I said, worship is the invitation. If we invite him to be Wisdom, he shows up as wisdom. If we invite him or worship him as healer, he shows up as healer. If we invite and show him, uh, worship him as provider, he shows up as provider. So we can't be upset if we only worship him as savior and never worship him as provider. And say, why don't you show up and provide? You didn't invite me as provider. Does that make sense? So... What we worship him for, that's what he will be because that's what we're inviting him to be, right? He cannot be anything more to us than we invite him to be. Why is that? Well, God is God. He can do anything. Yes, but he won't do anything uninvited. Dad Hagen used to say to us, God is a perfect gentleman. He will not force himself upon anyone. He must be invited and faith is the invitation. Mm -hmm. And one way faith is expressed is through worship. Amen. Amen. So we must learn when he said, teach my children to worship me, we must learn to worship him for what we need him to be independent of our circumstances. Don't let, don't let circumstances dictate whether or not you worship him that day. Amen. 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 Because so many people get so occupied with the, with the circumstances that they lay down what they know that he will do for them and they don't worship, they, they worry or as we talked about last night. Now, uh, when it says, if you'll teach my children to worship me more, I'll do great and mighty things for them. Notice this, God is, off, God is showing us what he's offering us. Great and mighty things. He's making himself available to work great and mighty things in our behalf for the mere exchange of worship. (laughs) That's it. He didn't say if you can confess half of the New Testament. No. He said, if you'll worship me. Why? Because he's so pleased. When he finds faith and hears faith, Amen. Uh, faith can be heard through yes. the way you worship. That's right. Amen. So uh, those who take time to worship him will find something moving in their natural circumstances. It'll be great and mighty things working in their behalf. Amen. Now, this shows us what God is wanting to do for us. Great and mighty things. He's not wanting to do small and little things. Right, right, right. right. Amen. He's wanting to do great and mighty things. He's wanting to do things on a greater scale than we have experienced before. He's wanting to manifest things that we cannot manifest for ourselves. Amen, amen. Amen. 
So when God says, I will do great and mighty things for them, he is offering us great and mighty things according to his definition of what he calls great and mighty. Not man's definition of great and mighty. Amen. So when, if he's offering us great and mighty things based on what he calls great and mighty, maybe we need to talk to him about what is your definition of great and mighty for my life? Because I know what I call great and mighty, but what do you call great and mighty things for my life? Amen. Because just because it's greater than what you have had before doesn't mean it's yeah. it depicts the greatness he's offering. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Amen. Amen. Yes. You know, it when Ed went home to be with the Lord and I owed six and a half million dollars and a million dollars, you know, within the next few months. I, it never dawned on me that he would give me a, another house paid for yeah, yeah. with cash. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's a great and mighty thing yes. to me. I mean, oh, that's yeah. just, oh, yeah. it didn't even dawn on me. Yeah, he yeah. did tell me he had another house for me, but I didn't yeah. think he was going to do it in the midst of all of that. Yeah. And cash paid for. Yeah. Ed and I had never paid cash for a home. You understand? Yes. That was a great and mighty thing for this gal. Now, would that have happened if I would have thought grief and sorrow was my pr- appropriate season? Amen. So don't limit God to your definition of great and mighty. Ask him, what is great and mighty in your thinking for me? In your plan, what does great and mighty look like? Amen. So he said, if you will, if you'll teach my children to worship me more, I'll do great and mighty things for them. This came up in my heart a few days ago, and that is worship helps us to be safe with the great and mighty things that he wants to do. Meaning this, what about... If he wants to do great and mighty things in your business to the point that he prospers you with a level of prosperity uh-huh. you've never had before, uh-huh. will you Come be on. safe Very with good. that? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If you're a worshiper, you'll be safe with it. Being a worshiper as a lifestyle will make you safe with it because what is worship? It is just simply fellowshipping with God. It's another... Uh, it's another expression of our fellowship with him. If we're worshipers, it will matter to us that what he does for us is handled appropriately. It won't cause us to turn away and walk away from serving in our church because I got to work more hours. You see, I've got to tend to this increase in my business. See, a worshiper won't do that. Worship will make you safe in the flow of greater things. Does that make sense? It will cause you to do the right thing when great mighty things start showing up. There's a lot of people who have gotten derailed when great and mighty things happen to them. Yeah, amen. 
Dad, uh, Jesus told Dad Hagen on one occasion, he said, he appeared to him in this one experience and he said to him, after he, he gave him the message that he came to bring. And then he walked away and after he took a few steps away, he turned around and came back and said, be careful about money. He said, many upon whom I have placed my anointing have become money-minded and lost the anointing. Yeah, yeah. So what was it? He was doing great and mighty things for them through the anointing and they weren't safe with it. They became money-minded. You understand that? So we have to make sure when he says, if they'll worship me, I'll do great and mighty things. Notice he didn't say, I'll do great and mighty things so they'll worship me. He's saying, if they'll worship me, they will be safe yes. to receive the great and mighty things yeah. I have for them. Yeah. This has been standing out to me, this Amen. phrase. Because if we're not careful, we don't read the fullness of what's implied with this. Uh, if they will worship me, I'll, if you'll teach my children to worship me more, I'll do great and mighty things for them. Then we have this other thing that, so worshiping God will ensure that you're safe mm-hmm. with more than what you've had before. Yeah. That you don't become a clog in the flow of blessing people. Um, then there's another thing that so many people that don't receive what they need, this is what they do. They're praying to try to get God to give it. God, would you give me this? Would you send this? Would you bring this to me? Would, they're trying to get God to do something on his end. We don't have to talk God into doing his part. Does your child have to talk you into doing your part as a parent? No, not at all. If my child got up on a, on a morning and said, when they were young, they don't live with me anymore, thank God. Um, I'm, teasing. I'm just teasing. But if they got up and said, would you be a mother to me today? Come here. Let me tell you what mother going to do for you today. I'm going to wallop you upside your head think, because you're accusing me when you're asking me to do my part, you're accusing me of not doing my part. So when we're asking God, would you, would you, you're accusing him. No, I don't want to say you. I don't mean you specifically, but us generally. Let's say I'll, I'll throw me in on this. If we say, would you, Send healing power. Would you, what you're doing is you're saying you haven't done it yet. So it's an accusation that he is he is behind your need instead of in front of it. And he said he makes you the head, not the tail. Meaning this, he puts you in front of situations, not behind them. And too many times our prayers or our depict our way of thinking. And our way of thinking is we're trying to get him to give it. Uh Trying to get him to do it. And it's not about getting him to do it. It's about receiving what has already been done. 
And if you can get people worshiping God for having already given instead of worshiping him with the mindset, I'm trying to get him to do this for me. Totally different approach. I looked and counted just in the New Testament. Uh, there were over 120 passages, not times, but just passages, because sometimes in a passage, this word was used more than once. But over 120 passages where it talked about us receiving, Mm -hmm. not about God giving, about us receiving. What's the New Testament talking about? It's about our part. What's our part? Our part is to receive. When we're trying to talk God into provision, I need money. I need a job. I need things for my life. When we're trying to talk to him about that, we're trying to get him to give us what we need. But let's, let's, let's be scriptural. Let's go back and let's just think of some passages and look at some passages real quickly. What about John three sixteen? Anybody know what it says? For God so loved the world that he what? Ah, don't have to get him to give. He gave. And yes, that's the, uh, that's the, the, the way that helps us to understand this more. God so loved the world that he already gave. He already gave his son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have. Ha! You don't have it if it ain't been given. It's already given. That's why we can have it. Nobody, no unsaved person has to talk God into giving them salvation. It's already been given. It's all up to them to have through their receiving what he already gave. Okay? Now, we do know this. Salvation doesn't just mean you miss hell. The word salvation in in Greek and probably Hebrew, both, it's the word sozo in in Greek in it, and it means complete salvation. Health, prosperity, wisdom, everything, everything. So salvation is not just a missing hell word. It is a everything you need in this life word and in the next life. So could we say this? Uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everything they're going to need in this life and the next. That's salvation. Amen. Okay, so that's already been given, right? Okay. Then let's flip over and think about Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, which is what? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has what? Blessed us. Okay, let's throw in this word that will help clarify this. Who has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And you know my favorite translation. Who has already blessed us with everything that heaven itself enjoys. Okay. So since everything that heaven is enjoying right now, he has already blessed us with all of that. It's all available to us. What is there to ask him for? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That he hasn't given. Yes. All right. 
Then let's go over 1 Corinthians, excuse, not Corinthians, uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Uh, let's, let's think about, let's look at this, what it says in this passage. And that's in line with what we're saying. Uh, it says this in verse 12, thanks be unto God, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then verse 13, who hath delivered us. Couldn't we say this? Who have already delivered us from the power of darkness and has already translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. We have not just changed natures. We've changed kingdoms. Amen. Yes, natures, but also kingdoms. He has already translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son in whom we already have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. It is not about getting God to give. It's about us receiving what has already been given. There's nothing He's withheld that we're going to need. But so many people approach God. I'm trying to get God to do His part of meeting my need. He's already met it's yeah. already there. Yeah. What's it waiting for? The takers. Yeah. Yeah. The receivers. Yeah. When it says the kingdom of heaven invites or suffers violence mm-hmm. and the violent what? Take it. Take it. He's telling you what spiritual violence is. Taking. Yeah. Taking it. Yes. Take, what are we taking? We just quoted the things he's offered and made available for us. It's up to the taking. It's up to the receiving. How do we take it? Well, this is one thing that he's referring to in this is that if you'll teach my children to worship me more, I'll be able to work the great and mighty things that I've already made theirs. They're already your Great and mighty things already belong to us. Every, everything that we're ever going to need in this yes. life and in the, it's already Amen. ours. But worship activates it. It activates it. It activates our receiving, not getting him to do something. But it activates. It positions us to be receivers because it's all about the receiving. It's not about the giving anymore. It's already been given. Now, Dad Hagen talked about our, you have, whether or not you know it, you have two ministries. Mm-hmm. You have two. You have a ministry in the church, the ministry of helps serving one another. And then you have a ministry outside of the church called the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation is telling people, God's not holding your sin against you. He's already forgiven you. Dad Hagen used to say this to us. Won't it be a sad day when people go to hell and realize they didn't have to? That's right. They didn't have to. But nobody told them. That's the ministry of reconciliation. Why? Because God has already sent Jesus. He's already sent Jesus and paid for their sin, and they're going to hell for sin that's already paid for. They didn't have to. Just because they're not really going to hell for sin. They're going to hell because they didn't receive. That's right the one who paid for their sin. Amen. It's not about giving. 
It's about receiving. If you will teach my people to worship me more, they'll be able to receive great and mighty things from me. Amen. Basically, that's what he's offering us. Now, worshiping, when we're in the presence of God, we can't help. When our, I'm talking about when we're worshiping from our spirit. We can't help but be affected by being with him. Remember what it says with uh, when, when the man was healed at the gate beautiful? Yeah. And it said that they realized when they were brought before the religious leaders that rebuked them for doing this. Remember, it said they realized they were unlearned men, but they took note that they had been with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Why? Because when you're with Jesus, you come away different. Oh, yes. And they realize these men are different when we're worshiping, we come away different. Something happens yes. with us. Yes. Now, one of the things that happens, it enlarges our ability to receive what he's offering us. In, in our hospitality room at the church, I have a bowl of candy that's been there for years. You always keep refilling it, you know. Not the candy's been there. It's not gonna, the candy's not going to be there for years, no. The bowl of candy has been there for years. The candy gets cycled through very quickly. And my grandkids come in. You've heard me talk about it. And they want, because Morgan did not get raised on candy. She was completely deprived and cheated down in Florida. And so the kids will come in. And I, you know, when they were younger, I'd say, get you, get you some candy and fill up your pockets. You know, mama's come and stuff everything before she catches you. And so their little old hands could just hold one piece. And if by chance they, they, their finger happened to catch a second wrapper, yeah. you know, and they could pull two. And I go, no, 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 here, baby. That, that ain't, that ain't going to hold you over all day. Come on. So I'll put my hand in there. Why? Because a larger hand is able to take more. It's not about just having spirits that are born again. We need enlarged spirits that can take more. Take more. Take more. Why do people not take more? They don't think more. How do you enlarge your spirit? Well, feeding on the word, but also being in the presence of God. Worshiping God enlarges your capacity to receive more. The more you are with him, the more enlarged you are. When you heard Dr. Summerall preach, not only did he have a booming voice that could boom, but you heard his largeness. Does that make sense to you? You heard his largeness. He could say words that really weren't particularly any different from somebody else, but it, it, yeah. because it came from a large, large. man yeah. and his spirit yeah. was yeah. so large, yeah. it carried a weight Wait. with it. Right. When we're worshiping God, it enlarges us because you can't be around him and walk away the same. Amen. Amen. Are you getting anything out of this? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, oh, yeah. Because we're, we're trying to it's get to so some good. things, and I want to make sure you're, yes. you're, you're grabbing yes. this. Yes. Yes. Your building's going to need it. Amen. God finds such pleasure when he finds someone who's interested in being with him. That's 
our, our worship life shows our interest in Him, our degree of interest in Him. If we say we love Him, no doubt we do. But it's not enough to say we love Him. Yeah. We need to get in the habit of expressing that through worship. Amen. Um, have you ever heard, uh, you know, I, I, a statement like this of a husband and wife? You never tell me you love me. Well, I told you. I'd just tell you if I didn't. Yeah. You know, I told you when I got married I love you. That hadn't changed, so there you go. You know, I'll just tell you if that changes. Well, that, you don't really, no, that doesn't quite work, right? I told you when we got married, I loved you, my gosh, what is it, you're weak, you have to hear it all the time, you know? What does it do for your fellowship to tell your spouse, I love you, every day? Well, you told me yesterday, you know, you have to keep repeating yourself. Well, it, it, it fortifies something in you to say it. It's not enough to say, I love the Lord with my heart. Love Him with your words. Love Him with your mouth. Say it. Because too many times we're just in the, in the, in the I don't know, in the flow or the habit of just, well, I love the Lord. He knows I love Him. He knows my heart. Well, try that with your spouse. And see how rich your fellowship in your marriage is. Right? It must be expressed. It must be expressed. And that's what God is saying. If my people will express their love for me more. It will, it's not that he needs it. We need it. We need it. Because when we're expressing something about him to him, it keeps us from thinking about our situation based on us. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps That's us it. from right. cycling everything yeah. through yeah. our thinking. Yeah. It starts yeah. taking us to a different place right. that we run every situation yeah. through what we know of Him right. instead yeah. of what we're facing or what yeah. we're feeling. Yeah. Very good. Amen. 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 Uh, turn with me, if you would, to Psalms 25. Psalms 25. And um, I want to look at verse 14. Psalms 25, verse 14. And I'm going to read out the Amplified, so if you would, look at the Amplified with me. <clears throat> Psalms 25, verse 14. The secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord. Have they who fear, revere, and worship Him. And He will show them His covenant and reveal to them its deep inner meaning. His covenant is His Word. God and His Word are one. He's saying for those who have proper respect and reverence and regard for me, he says for those people, I will show them more than what others see. Amen. 
That's why some people just skim along the surface of his word and things don't really take root. It's because of their approach to him. Worship is simply reverence and respect for God. When you respect his word, when you respect him, he will take his word and he will show you what others don't have enough honor to see. Amen. Respect and reverence for God helps your vision. Helps your hearing. It helps you see things, helps you hear things, that others are not yeah. safe to see or hear because they don't have enough honor oh, for it. Um, let's go back to, and I, I stated last night in what God said to me when I was uh, going to preach for the keys in that hotel room when that angel showed up. And God said to me when I sat down, he said, it matters how you treat a man of God at the end of his life. He said, if Elisha would not have honored Elijah all the way to the end of his life, he would have never ended up with a double portion anointing. He said, many will honor a man when he's at the peak of his life in ministry. But then their honor or respect or regard for them will diminish once they're not at the peak anymore. Once they kind of, if I could say this, are more behind the scenes or not as visible, yeah. people forget them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. And he said, if you're not honorable enough to treat a man right all the way to the end, you're not honorable enough to be a steward of the revelation they brought once they're not here anymore. Now, this is in keeping yes. with yeah. this yeah. right here. The secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord have they. There's a companionship. When we reverence and respect God, there is a companionship, a depth of fellowship that will happen. And in that place of, of worshiping and fellowshipping with him at a, at a whole other level, so to speak, he says he will show them his covenant and reveal to them its deep inner meaning. What others struggle to know, you'll already see. What others can't find in a time of crisis, you will have already seen it by being with him in worship. Amen. Amen. Worship will bring you into secret things. Amen. Yes. It's not hidden, but uh-huh. it'll bring you into that God will trust you because he knows the more you're with him, the more you know him and the more he, yes. he knows what you will do. Right. Amen. Amen. So God wants to do great and mighty things for us. Yes. That's what he says. If you'll worship me, I'll do great and mighty things for you. Now, why doesn't he? Because if we don't worship him, it's going to affect our thinking. It's going to affect what we uh, are able to receive of him. Listen, if we don't have faith for it, he can't work it. Being a, you get, if you got around Dr. Summerall, you know you weren't doing piddle for God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He yes. helped 
You see real quick. Yeah. 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 Because it, in it, <laughs> I'm serious. You walk away oh, yeah. just, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't care if I've been all over the world. He's been 44 times, yeah. you know, all over the world. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was just like, I am doing piddly nothing yeah. for him. Yeah. For God, because I got around somebody and heard more, and I realized, right? Well, you get around God, and you realize how small you think. You realize how little. You get around someone who thinks large. God thinks big, right? To think big, you got to get around people who think big. You start talking about prosperity and people just kind of look at you like, what? Uh Because they haven't seen prosperity. They don't even put their appetite. Uh You can't put your appetite or desire on something you haven't seen. Where are you going to be able to get your appetite on God's level? With him. You have to be with him. You have to get in his presence because everything else is less than what he thinks. Seriously. If all we do is, we, we, we just see what other people are living at and we think, well, I'm not as bad as off as they are. Can I tell you, the Holy Ghost has seen heaven. He knows what is available. He's seen your home too. He's seen my home. My home looks like the slums compared to heaven. Right? He's not wanting us. Now see, we compare our home to someone else and go, well, I got a lot. Well, yes, but Who's comparing? God's not trying to bring us up to man's level. He's offering us his level. But we think based on what's around us that we see other people. If we're going to move into God's definition of great and mighty things, we have to spend time with God. We can't spend time with people and get God's and move into God's definition of great and mighty things. So he invites, if you will worship me, I can do great and mighty things for you. In other words, I can bring you into my level, my definitions of what great and mighty things look like. And some of you are going... I'm just saying, do you realize what he's offering? Blank checks for your life. That's what he's offering. Blank checks. Seriously, he's offering us blank checks. And we're saying, can I please have $5? In 2016, God said it's a year of abundance. Everywhere I went, I preached on abundance. Hundreds of times. I had more people walk out of my services that year than any other time in ministry. Why? Because they were offended at the thought of abundance. They thought, well, you're just talking about money all the time. I'm talking about God's mentality. Can 
Can I tell you it was never God's plan that the Hebrews eat manna? Boom. That was never God's plan. You know what God's plan was? A land that flows with milk and honey, not manna. What was the promised land? It was a land of abundance. Abundance. You know when the manna stopped? When they went into the promised land. It was never God's plan that for 40 years they live off manna. That's right. But because they thought small, they would not keep going. God did things. He did dramatic things for them in Egypt. He he did great demonstrations. You want to know why? Because they had a slave mentality. He knew this. It's going to take me too long to get them to move into a promised land with a slave mentality if I just send a preacher to preach to them. They're going to have to see some things because I got to speed this thing up. Yeah, he did great demonstrations, great and mighty things. He did, that's God's idea of great and mighty things. Well, we understand this, it destroyed Egypt. Yes. But God was allowing them to see this is who's working for you. God wasn't destroying people. It was just the Pharaoh was going against God and... You know, it's like a, 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 hot, a, hot, a hot electrical line that falls yeah, yeah, yeah. in a storm and it falls on the ground. Uh-huh. Yeah. That power is great right. and it's yeah. there to do good works. Right. Yeah. But if you handle it yeah. wrong, you step on it, it's going to do great works. <laughs> it's going to yeah. fry off things, you know. Yeah. You talk about a facelift, baby. <laughs> you know, you're going to get it. The power that was demonstrated in Egypt is because they violated. You violate power. You cooperate with power and you'll get blessed by it. You violate it. And you, God told them, let my people go. If they would have just done what he said, all of Egypt would have been left intact. All of Egypt would have been left intact. But they didn't do what God said to them. So God was demonstrating to his people who is going to bring them into their promised land. He did all of these great and mighty demonstrations of showing them I'm on your side. I'm fighting for you. I'm working for you. If I can bring you out with demonstrations, I can bring you in with demonstrations. But what happened? they would not come up in their thinking. Mm -hmm. Even seeing great demonstrations did not change their thinking. It did not change their thinking. Mm -hmm. Joseph and Caleb were the only two people who agreed with Moses and said, we can do this and and agreed with God. They said, we can do this. But because the majority said, we can't do this, Uh they couldn't. God is offering you a great and mighty building. Yes. 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 He's offering you that. Yes. Do not approach it with your job in mind. Yeah. 
Do not approach it with your income in mind. Do not approach it with the past in mind. If they would have approached, listen, they had a slave mentality. They didn't get out because they were slaves. They got out because God's power. You're not going to get in that building because you worked for Pharaoh long enough hours. And you get enough money from Pharaoh. It's going to be by power. It's going to be by power. What kind of power? Great and mighty power. It's not going to be money that gets you in. It's going to be worship. It's going to be worship. Why? Because worship is an expression of your faith. God, you can do it. You can do it. You're going to worship your way into that property. You're going to worship your way into that building. That's how you're going to do it. You're not going to pay your way in. You're going to worship your way in. If you will teach my people to worship me more, I will do great and mighty things. If H2O will worship more, they will have a great and mighty building. It's exactly right. I'm just telling you. That's what God started dealing with me about before the service. If they will worship me more, they will have great and mighty things worked for them. Amen. Is it because we're trying to talk him into it? No, he's already made it available. It's all there for the taking. And worship is one way of taking it. I worship, I take it. I worship the God who does great and mighty things. I worship the God who gives us a great and mighty property and building. Amen. Do you know, I, I didn't even realize this. I was reading there about how God delivered his people out of Egypt. And when they, before they even went in to spy out the land, they said, the enemies, you've already subdued our enemies. They said it before. You've already subdued them. But they went back to wrong thinking. All right. Eat manna. You only got enough for today. That's what manna is. Only enough for today. Manna ruined for the next day. So many Christians just live on enough for today. Eating manna. God, listen, God, listen, that was God's help for them, but it wasn't his best for them. He helped them. And we're, this church is done with just having enough for today. We're done with having enough for today. The abundance is what he's offering you. The building, the property he's offering you. That's the abundant, that's the abundant land. He's offering it. He's offering it. Amen. It's not based on you. It's based on him. But you have to acknowledge the one it's based on. Every day. Thank you for our building. Thank you for our... I worship you. You take lambs and you give it to who you wanted, want to have it. God, what did God say? I'll give you buildings you didn't build. I'll give you vineyards you didn't plant. I'll give you homes you didn't build and you didn't furnish. God doesn't care who has it. When he says he's got somebody else for it. Well, God's not a thief. No, but the earth, everything, the Lord, it belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. 
Meaning this, he's got command. Yeah. And he's given us command. Listen, you can't command that property to come to you until he's already commanded it. Yeah, that's right. You cannot. You can't decide. You need to have his leading. And he's already given leading. He's already given leading. Amen. 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 They had never seen God do for anybody what he was going to do for them. So what? If you're going to see God... If you're going to receive something for your life that you've never seen or for your congregation that you've never seen God do for anybody else, how are you going to, how are you going to be able to accept that and receive that? You're going to be with Him. Yeah. You have to be with Him. He's the one that shows it. Remember what Jesus said? He said, I only do what I see. Oh, well, you got to see some things. you got to see some things. I only do what I see. What? My Father do. Ah. Oh. By being with his father, he began to see what his father was showing. I only say what I hear my father say. He just came out and replicated what he heard when he saw with his father. That's what worship is. You being with your father, hearing and seeing what he has to show while you're worshiping. Amen. He will show things to your spirit. He will put things in you. He will enlarge you. He will, he will, he will plant something in you that must grow. Must grow. Yes. But if you if we don't worship, all we're going to know is what other people have done. We're just going to see what others have done. I was um I was reading the account of Charles Parham. Now, Azusa Street Revival, of course, we've heard about that. But it, it, it began before that yeah. with the outpouring of the Spirit. You've yeah. probably heard of it in Topeka, Kansas mm-hmm. with Charles Parham. God spoke to him one day and said, I want you to start a Bible school. And the assignment was to study about the Holy Spirit. That was the assignment given to him during that season. It was interesting enough because God said, I have, uh, I want you to start this. So he goes out looking for a building. He's got no students. He's got no funding. He's got no local church supporting him, so to speak, no home base. And uh, he goes out looking for a building. Why? Because God told him to start a school. And so he could not find one. And somebody said to him, there is a property on the edge of town. Go look at that. And he goes to look at it, and he's staying in front of it. I don't know if you've ever looked at it, but you need to pull it up online. And it's the home that he started in. It was a fa- it's like a mansion, fabulous mansion. It's like what you pay to go, mon- you know, pay money to get in and see. It's, one of, it, it's a fabulous home, fabulous all the gingerbread, all the, yeah. the ornate carvings. It's a fabulous house. He's in front of this house, and God said to him, I'm going to give you that house. You see, he's hearing from God. You cannot receive what you don't hear. So he's standing there, and God said to him, I'm going to give you that house. 
while God is speaking to him, I mean, just moments, a man comes up to him and just is out there on the sidewalk and talks to him and says, uh, do you like that house? He said, yeah, I love this house. He said, God just spoke to me and said, he's going to give me this house for a Bible school. You know, he's just talking to a passerby on the road. And the man said, it's my house. Here's the key. That's all he said. Here's the key. Walks off. Great and mighty things. No money, no transaction, just here's the key. Well, that's just unheard of. Well, get with one who you can hear it from then. Amen. 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 Then God tells him, of course, start this Bible school. God would tell him, go down to the train station today. There's a girl coming off the train that's going to be a student. He goes to the train station and stands there and waits, and a girl comes off and says, I'm here to go to the Bible school. God told her, go to the Bible school that's in Topeka, Kansas. She just gets on a train and comes, and he's there meeting her. You, because, see, they, don't, they didn't have the communication forms we had, so the Holy Ghost would give instruction. Where are we going to get instruction about the property in the building? From the Holy Ghost. There were 12 students that showed up, and every one of them showed up because God said, get on a train and go to Topeka and go to the Bible school. And every one of them, he showed up at the train station and met them. And then he had a house for them. God's given me an academy. You want to know what, how we're going to get it? Worship. We're going to worship our way into that. You're just like you're going to worship yeah. your way into your property and your building. And that's how you're going to get your home. And that's how you're going to get your business. That's how you're going to get it. If you'll teach my people to worship me more, I will do great and mighty things for them. Amen. Praise the Lord. I believe it. I believe it. How hard is that? It's a complete joy. Complete joy. Complete joy to get up every morning and not have to pay for this thing. Oh, that's it. And I don't have to give. No, the giving continues. The paying for it doesn't. Amen. He's going to do it. Now, remember we talked last night, the Syrophoenician woman who came up to Jesus, and in the Amplified it said, she came up and begged with an urgent, troublesome cry. That's not worship. That's not worship. Begging. And so then he didn't answer her when she turned and started worshiping. Now, remember what I said. She said to him, Son of David. She didn't believe he's son of David, or was she, she wouldn't have been begging. That's right. She didn't believe that. She didn't even understand what that meant. That's right. Because if she to beg the son of David, yeah. these don't go together. Amen. Right? If you know he's the son of David, brother, you're gonna go up and you're gonna like, oh, I'm taking some things. Some things are available to me because the son of David is here. So see, she didn't understand the thing. 
It's not enough to make just make confessions. Right. You have to understand who you're dealing with. Yeah. We are dealing with the one who will do great and mighty things. Let's approach him that way. Yes. Let's yes. not just say, oh, I worship you. We say, Father, we are approaching you as the one who will do great and mighty things. We're not begging. We don't have to beg. We worship you for who, we, who you are. We realize you can do great and mighty things. Not only you will, you will. You will. For H2O, you will do great and mighty things. This is not a leadership worship call. This is a congregational. Amen. Yeah. It would even be appropriate to have a service that we do nothing but worship for. Worship him because he is the one who does great and mighty things. And we're not worshiping him to try to earn him, earn his movement. We're worshiping him because we know that's who he is. The one who does great and mighty things. Quit thinking about the funding of it. He will work. He will fund it in a great and mighty way. Amen. God said to me, I remember when, uh, when God first spoke to me about the Academy, I said to him, I said, God, now I know this, you have a part, but I have a part. I want to know what part do, do I need to start doing now? What do, because I don't want to be inactive and just say, well, God is just going to do it and yeah. just not even do my, I, and I said to him these words, how shall we do it? He said, not how shall we do it? We shall do it. That's right. We shall do it. Eliminate that, the how. The how is his part. The we shall do it is us, is us believing him. Amen. Amen. We shall do it. And then he said this to me when I was sitting out in front of it. He told me, go sit in front of it and I'm going to talk to you about it. And so I would go and sit in front of it and pray in the spirit. And he said, faith can have it. You know how, you know, that property in that building, faith can have it. Money can't, but faith can. Money can run out. I tell you what, I've known of pastors who had the money to build their building. And when they got, when they started building, oh, it doubled. Oh, Surprise. And they didn't have the money because money can't have it, but faith can. And who cares if it costs more than what you thought? It's not money that's having it. It's faith that's having it. That means you don't have to cut back just so you can have it quicker. Seriously, you don't have to dumb it down. Because he's he doing great and mighty things. He's not doing dumbed down great and mighty things. Everything that's in your pastor's heart, we hook up with it. We hook up with it. Amen. We're not looking for a bargain in the sense of we're not coupon minded. That's, that's what slavery does. Slavery carries that mentality. I can't buy it if I don't have a coupon for it. I can't buy it if it's not on sale. I won't buy it if it's not on sale. You better leave that daily manna junk behind. That's nothing but daily manna. If daily manna was the plan of God, why did it get stopped when they finally reached the promised land? 
That was God's provision for a disobedient people. They were disobedient, unbelieving people. They had just enough for today. And you know what, ladies? They had to wear the same clothes for 40 years. There you go. And the kids had to wear it and the clothes grew with them. Boy, it's a miracle, but it's a miracle you don't want. <laughs> he worked for him. He worked for him, but that's all they could think of. That he could only bring them to their level. How do you get a building that is beyond what you've ever occupied before? You get with God and get yourself enlarged. Amen. 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 I'm telling you what, don't let what you've always seen decide what you can have. Start seeing more from the inside. Remember what Ed used to say, go into Nordson's and lay down on the marble? Remember that? Remember that? What was he telling us? You have to, you have to want more and think that you really, you deserve more, not because you're so great, but because you belong to someone so great. Let's not cheat our future by only being with us. Let's be with him through worshiping him. Amen. Hallelujah. So what does this mean? You need to walk through, our, through your house saying, I worship the God who does great and mighty things for us. I worship the God who does great and mighty things for us. And he's doing great and mighty things on our property. He's already, he's already earmarked the timber or the steel we need for our building. Somebody's, somebody's accumulating all that right now. Somebody is working to get everything prepared for us. Amen. Amen. And tell, and tell your pastors, make it everything you want it to be. Everything that's in your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. What are your words to be? I worship my Father who will do great and mighty things for us. Every day, I worship you, Father. You are the one who is doing great and mighty things for us. You're doing it today. You're doing it today. Not you will do it. You're doing it today for us. You're moving right now. Amen. Positioning people. Father, I want to be large enough to uh, say yes to everything that's great and mighty that comes out of you. I don't, we don't want to choke and faint at... Will there be opposition? Oh, you can count on it. That's the fun of it. Amen. But God will prepare you in his presence for what you're going to face. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, do you know God told Moses, he said, you go, you tell Pharaoh, let my people go and he's going to tell you no. And then take this rod, throw it down. And then his magicians are going to match it. That's that my rod, your rod's going to eat up there. You know, he showed him every single thing. So what good is opposition when it's already exposed? 
He'll, he expo he'll talk to you about opposition because he's talking to you and exposing. It's our defeated. Yeah. It's a defeated opposition you're going to face. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Every day worshiping. Every day worshiping. Worshiping. Father, you are the God who is doing great and mighty things for us. I worship you. you you're the one doing it. You're the one doing it. How will he do it? Well, we don't care. We just know he, he has many avenues in many ways. Amen. Amen. Remember, I don't know if Ed ever said, I'm sure he did. He said, God can just breathe out of one nostril and make you a billionaire overnight. Anybody remember that? Yes. He can just breathe out of one nostril. Just one good blow. Seriously. What if Charles Parham would have said, I don't have money to even go look at a house. I don't even have student body. Why go look at a house? I don't have a student body. We dismiss ourselves from great and mighty things because we think... We can't do it. No, we don't have to do it. He just wants us to show up and take yeah. it. Yeah. Just show up and take it. Amen. What if he wouldn't have just shown up and looked at it? The man wouldn't have been there to hand him the key. Yes. The man would have been there. I got a key. Who's it go to? Sorry, missed it. Because I was sitting at home figuring out my budget. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He's offering us great and mighty. He's offering us. That's what he said. I will do great and mighty things. Amen. Hallelujah. Send with me to your feet. Father, we thank you tonight. We say yes to great and mighty things. We agree with great and mighty things. Father, we ask you to reveal and show to us and enlarge us so that we can keep pace with your great plan for this, for this church. We say yes to it. Just raise your hand and say, we say yes, Father. We agree with your, the greatness of your plan. We worship the God of greatness. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Just lift up your voice. Lift it up. This isn't a time for quiet praise and worship. Just lift it up. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Father. We worship you. 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 Now, let me ask you this. Who is it that determined how quickly the Hebrews got into the promised land? They were. It's not up to God. He offered them immediate occupation. But they wouldn't keep pace with Him. We are the ones who will determine the pace of what God can do. Amen. So how about we give it an all-out effort? We give it an all-out effort with our, with our worship, our gratitude, our reverence. What a... Think about if you were a Hebrew. So many of them saw just years of slavery. Wouldn't you like to be the ones that were there when everything changed? All these great demonstrations. Oh my gosh, we woke up and there's blood in their water pots and there's 
clear drinking water in ours. Ah, there's locusts on their land and ours just green as it's ever been. That generation that saw those great things, that's the time if you were thinking if there's any history, you'd want to see that. You, wouldn't you want to see uh, the, the, the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night that went in front of you and showed you where to go and there was a whole generation that saw that. Now, if you're, if you're looking back in history, you'd want to choose a time like that. You wouldn't want to choose, you know, a time that's uh, not anything notable not happening, right? You're, you want to see something notable happen. Not every generation got to see that. Not every generation got to see the pillar of fire go in between them and the Egyptian army and hold them back while wind blew and separated the Red Sea. And you walked on and then you get on the other side and you watch the Egyptian army go halfway through and the water come down. You go, oh, my eyes have seen something. Can I tell you, God is offering this generation of this congregation to see something that other, that past generations of this congregation have seen. Think about it. He's offering this congregation that kind of eventful future. Don't pass it. Don't, don't, yeah, you, all out effort. All out effort. All out effort. You, you remember when Brother Copeland, what was it probably, Tony, about 2015 when Brother Copeland came and he said, now I'm going to show you how to get 10,000 seat auditorium. And he, what did he do? He stood and danced and worshiped on the platform. He was saying, he was telling us the same thing. He said, that's how you get a 10,000 seat auditorium. And then he said, don't even think about how you're going to pay for it. He said, don't even think about that. We're worshiping, thinking about the one who does great and mighty things. We're not worshiping, thinking about the money. Money is just simply a tool for the great and mighty things to happen. The money's not the great and mighty thing. So many people are occupied with what's not great and mighty. They all just think about the money, the money, the money. Well, praise the Lord. Not only did God deliver, now think about it. When God brought his people out, he brought them out. He said there was not one feeble one among them. Not one. Not one feeble. These are slave bodies. You understand? These are slave bodies. You can imagine They've been mistreated. They've been mishandled. They've been overworked. They've been used probably their bodies like you'd use an animal's body. And when they walk out, there's not any feeble knees. They're all walking on. They're not pushing wheelchairs. You know, Hollywood still can't get it right. If you watch the Ten Commandments, they show them putting old people in the back of wagons and dragging them out. Remember that? Eh, Miss that one. No, yeah. Meaning this, everyone's walking on their own ability. Nobody's having to push you. No, we shouldn't be having to push someone into the next building. Get up and walk out on your own spiritual health. And then notice this. They, they, they don't have bank accounts. They're slaves. You understand? They have no, no money laid up to start a, a new nation. They got nothing. And God says, go tell your neighbor. Back pay due. And it says, and he gave them favor 
to where the Egyptians turned over their wealth, their jewels. Favor did that. Favor did it. Favor did it. As you worship, God finds great favor. Great favor will work in your behalf. You understand Egypt was the wealthiest nation on earth? They walked out in one day, all the wealth in their hands. All the wealth. You understand? Favor transferred an entire nation's wealth into the hands of one group of people. It's amazing. But that's called great and mighty things. Amen? God, God will do what God needs to do. He's got whatever he, he has any uh, weaponry and artillery and anything needed for the building to happen. He's got it all. How, how's he going to do it? Doesn't matter. It only, take, it only takes a moment to transfer something. One divine idea and things are transferred. You know, he told Moses, even before Moses got to Egypt, he said, then you're going to tell the people to go demand of their neighbors the, the wealth. He told them everything. He told them everything. God will tell your pastors everything that needs to be done. He'll tell them everything that needs to be done. But he need, but what they, your pastors need is someone who say, okay, we're going to go demand some things. We're going to go demand it of our neighbor. And the ones who didn't demand it of their neighbor are not getting it. What you don't put a demand on, you don't get. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God said to Brother Norval, if you'll teach my people to worship me, if you'll teach my people to worship me, I will do. Don't lay down the teaching. Because what you're taught is what's going to get you in. Amen. This is not just a sermon. This is the, this is the, the blueprint for, for getting hold of things. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.